Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. And on today's episode, I welcome back my really good buddy, Carl Richards, and we're going to talk about gin and cooking main dishes such as beef, pork, and lamb and some of the new yummy recipes in the cookbook. But first, we are going to share what cocktail we are drinking. Oh, who's going first? (laughs) Well, I went first previous. I think you should go first. because. Okay, I am having... A gin and tonic, but there is a bit of a twist to this gin and tonic. It is a winter gin from Kingslock Craft Distillery in Ontario. It's a very different gin. And then to go with it, it's mixed with a light fever tree tonic, refreshingly light fever tree tonic. Yes. Yes. Refreshingly Mm. light fever tree is Amazing, by the way, for anyone listening, it's only 30 calories. So it's your lowest calorie tonic ever if you're counting calories. And it's not as tonic y, <laughs> if that is a word, <laughs> as some other tonics. So today I am drinking a cocktail that's actually in our cookbook and it's called It's About Time, but it's the okay. herb time, not. Not the time time. Yeah, exactly. And it uses rosemary, basil, and fresh sprigs of thyme. So it's herby. It's very herby. And half a lime juiced. And I actually use aviation gin in this because it's just perfect for the... Well, aviation is what's called a new American gin. So it's based off of a London dry, but it's not quite as juniper-y. All right. So it's a new one anyway. And then lemon fever tree, lemon tonic water. That's definitely herbaceous. It's very herbaceous. Now you could probably try your winter gin in a cocktail similar to this. Oh, okay. Okay. So what Mm. you do is you muddle everything together. Right. And then you strain it. So you're not like chewing on <laughs> yeah. your dime or anything like that. Right. You <laughs> strain it out. So yeah, it's really, really good. Give it a try sometime. Mm, yum. Yeah. All right. So today we are going to talk about making main dishes with gin. So today we're going to focus on beef, pork, and lamb. I'm fascinated to find out where the gin comes into play with these. So I'll Mm -hmm. let you take the lead and I'll just continue to drool because you mentioned beef, pork, and lamb. Absolutely. (laughs) Three of my favorite food groups. There you go. Okay. So the first one is a beef. Is it a burger? Yes. So we've all had burgers, right? And we've had really great burgers and we've had okay burgers. We've had terrible burgers, but you've never probably had a gin burger. And this is what I call in the book, the best ever burger with gin mayo, because it is really the best ever. And there is gin in multiple (laughs) areas of this burger. You can make it kid-friendly if you want or not. (laughs) (laughs) So the main burger itself does have gin in it, but it also has a few other secret ingredients that you'll have to get the cookbook to find out. 
but there is a bit of gin in the actual burger. And again, it's there for a specific reason. The gin elevates the beef. Okay. Also, it's a perfect balance of a moist burger, but not one that's going to fall apart on your barbecue. Right. Okay. 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 I also have some very specific techniques for making the best ever burger. It's not just the ingredients. It's how you make the burger. So you have to chill. You mix it all together, right? Then you chill your meat before Mm. you make it into patties. Okay. Then you make your patties and then you chill the patties again for another 15 minutes and then you put them on a hot grill and you don't mess around flipping it 400 times. You know, if you're a flipper, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a flipper. Oh no, not Carl. So I will take your advice when I make these. Flip less, flip less. It dries your burger out. Seriously. It ruins your burger. Okay. So that's number one is the ingredients and the technique. Number two is the gin mayo. It's a barbecue sauce that uses mayo and gin. And this is not for minors, but I'm telling you, it's the best burger sauce. You don't need ketchup. Mm, So good. Let me ask you this question, because is it okay for somebody that doesn't like condiments? There are people that don't like a lot of condiments on their burgers. Would it be something that would be complimentary then? Yes. Even if they don't like condiments? Yeah. See, I personally don't eat ketchup. Okay. Okay. I'm not a condiment person either. Now, you would put a tiny bit for a non-condiment person. We're not talking a Big Mac sauce here, okay? You're not slathering it on like an inch thick or anything? Okay. Don't drown your food. If you remember that song back in the day, then if you really want to make this your best burger ever, then it's the toppings. Okay. Now you can put your normal lettuce, tomato, pickle, whatever, but I make a gin caramelized onion. Like if you want to serve it to your family without the gin toppings and the burger itself is perfectly fine because the alcohol is cooked off. But if you want to make it epic for you and your guests who do like to indulge a little bit, add your gin barbecue mayo and your gin caramelized onions and watch the eyes just go back in their head while I eat this burger. This sounds great. Yes. Let's talk about the pork tenderloin. Okay. Because this just rocks my socks off. What is it? A pork tenderloin with like a mushroom gin cream sauce. Oh, okay. So first of all, I have to make sure people understand the difference between a pork tenderloin and a pork loin roast. Okay. They're two different things. Mm-hmm. We do have recipes for loin roast too. So in the book, make sure you understand, or even yourself, just they're two different things. The pork tenderloin is that really nice tender part that comes in. They look like little tubes, I guess, in the grocery store, right? (laughs) Okay. So I started actually making this years ago and then I added the gin to it, of course, in 2019. And that's when it just went off the freaking charts. Mm. And this is a favorite of our testers. And many of them have actually said it is now their go-to pork tenderloin recipe. Okay. Okay, So, okay. So basically you have your pork tenderloins and you rub them with our certain spice mix. Okay. Rub, rub, rub. I always call it patting the baby's bum. (laughs) Kids laugh. (laughs) Funny when they do that. Then you roast it in the oven. Okay. But there's a few other secret ingredients on that, of course, as well as a variety of citrus juices and gin. So it will come out of the oven so moist and delicious. All right, then. Okay. And that's just the pork tenderloin. So you don't even have to okay. make 
this cream sauce if you don't want, but you do because it's so awesome. But if you just want the pork tenderloin, it's really, really amazing too. But anyway, so the cream sauce, so it's mushrooms and there is half a cup of gin in it. Oh, that's just, I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. For a gin recipe to have half a cup? Yeah, it is. And it's <laughs> I'm being facetious. Okay. Yeah. So half a cup of gin. Yeah. And then there's various herbs and onions and mushrooms okay. and cream and all that. But the gin is used to deglaze the pan. So for those who want to know what deglazing is, it's when you get all those nice bits in the bottom of your pan after cooking onions or mushrooms and all that stuff. And you get all those brown bits yes. in the bottom. Yeah, that you do. is what they call flavor gold. Okay. You mm. don't want to lose those bits. And so you pour in a liquid and it lifts all that stuff off the bottom of your pan. It's called deglazing. Now, when you use gin to do that, wow, it just makes it so much better. Ah, mm. And then you get all those yummy gin flavors in your cream sauce. The alcohol is cooked off. So this is completely fine for minors if, if you want. There's juniper berries in it and everything. So it's very, 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 very flavorful. Mm. Okay. And you can mm, serve it I with like mashed potatoes or noodles or whatever, but the sauce is epic. So you don't want to miss out on the sauce. So when you're talking about deglazing the pan, then are you cooking the mushrooms and whatever else goes in it ahead of time yes. and then deglazing the pan? Yes, correct. And would that be, now it's tenderloin. So are you also doing like a sear on it? Are you getting like the meat? Here's what I do. I actually cook the tenderloin in my cast iron pan that I'm going to then use to make the cream sauce. So okay. I roast it in the oven in my cast iron pan. I take them out of the oven to rest because you have to rest your meat. That's critical. And then I use all those meat juices that are in the bottom of my pan and add, you know, butter and onions and mushrooms and just cook all that. Then deglaze, add your herbs and cream and there's steps to it. But yeah. yes, I don't need to sear the meat because it's already been roasting in the oven and uh, gotcha. you need to have that. And because you're putting cream sauce on it, it doesn't really need like that thick sear on it. I don't know which one I want to try first, but tell me about the lamb because I cook leg of lamb. I love leg of lamb. I usually cook it with red wine, which is a very traditional way for cooking lamb. But tell me about, obviously there's something related to gin in this lamb. <laughs> so tell me about the lamb like that is in the book. Okay. Well, we actually have two in the book, but I'm going to tell you about my favorite, I guess, which is cranberry and gin leg of lamb. There is no red wine involved here. Okay. No red wine is harmed <laughs> no in the making of this. <laughs> it's all gin. It's all gin. And it's actually pretty simple as leg of lambs go. You know, you mm. make some slits, stuff in some garlic. Yep. There's some salt and pepper and a few other items that go on the top and you pour some cranberry sauce and some gin and anyway, yeah. And you just roast it. It, it roasts exactly like any other leg of lamb. It's just the flavors mix the cranberry with the gin. Yeah. Just, it makes this I don't know. It's almost like candy. I find, you know, it sounds it, like it. If you love lamb and you know what I'm talking about, the tidbit, oh, yeah. the tidbits, those little bits at the end of the roast. Mm -hmm. And we fight over who gets those. Yep. <laughs> yep. I know the ones you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We use it for Easter or, well, it's my mother's favorite. So for her birthday or Christmas, even, you know, things like that. So are you, in relation to the cranberry, I know it's common for a lot of people in 
you know, the day we live in today to just grab a can of cranberry sauce, <laughs> dump it in. Never. But are we making the cranberry sauce? Would you recommend making it from scratch? And if you're making it from scratch, are you making it with gin? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Never in my life have I bought a can of cranberry jelly goo that comes out all in one shape. I think I've done that once. Mm. And I think I ended up bringing that can to some family dinner because I had to bring something. I'm like, there's a cranberry sauce. I wanted to get it out of my cupboard because I usually will make it from scratch, but I've never made it with gin. Yeah. So I actually make a batch, what I call a batch of cranberry sauce every fall. Cause here on Prince Edward Island, we grow cranberries and I just go up the street and get my local cranberries. They're that close. Mm -hmm. And so I make my own cranberry sauce and you make it the traditional kind of way, which is four cups of water, four cups of sugar, eight cups of cranberries. And then once that's cooked down and you're just about thinking you're done, you pour in your gin, (laughs) however much or however little. And if you want the alcohol cooked off, then you cook a little bit longer. If you don't want alcohol cooked off, which I do not, I stop the cooking. Oh, I also put cinnamon sticks in mine. So you can use a gin that is like cinnamon infused. You can use an orange gin, like heavier on Mm. the orange. I tend to use cinnamon orange because that's how I like my cranberry sauce. But You could use your winter gin. You could use any of those, right? And then I can mine because I keep it all year round and I use it year round. But if you're just using it, well, you might want to put it in mason jars and give it all away for everybody to use it Thanksgiving (laughs) or Easter or something because, you know, you can't keep it forever unless you're going to can it. I love it. So that's what I use on my cranberry leg of lamb is homemade cranberry sauce. I would personally never purchase a can because it's so easy to make. Okay. So the lamb, mm, you know what? It'll be either the beef or the pork tonight. Mm. I'll save the lamb for another night. They sound delicious. All of them do. And they are. (laughs) Well, of course they are. And you've had testers that (laughs) can say that they're good. I do. And that's the thing when you're making a cookbook, you can't just love it yourself, right? We all like, oh, this is the best recipe I've ever made. But you have to have neutral people truly not just eating it, but making it. So they went out and they replicated my recipes many times and ate it, served it to their family and friends and got their feedback. And so it was, you know, many of our testers say that it got them through the initial COVID lockdown. (laughs) All the summer of 2020, they were just cooking with gin and it was their thing. So all of these recipes are in the cookbook. Is the recipe for the cranberry sauce also in the cookbook? It is not. Okay. I did not put that one in there. I had to make an executive decision on that one. If someone really desperately wants it, they can email me and I'll give it to them. But that one is not. But if it's basically a standard cranberry sauce recipe and you're adding gin at the end, you can probably either figure figure it out or wait for the second edition of the cookbook to come out that will probably have some preserves in it, including the cranberry sauce. Correct. There are preserves in this cookbook. There are. Okay. There are. In particular, there's the raspberry jam, which is my ultimate favorite. And the reason for that one in particular is that not only can you put it on your toast or bagel in the morning, which is epic in itself, but it's used in a lot of the dessert recipes. Mm, Yes. That one. And then I also have blueberry pie filling. Because I do not, again, I never buy canned pie filling. I always make my own. And so why not add into it, right? So (laughs) so there is a pie filling 
and a couple other things like that. This is very cool. I'm excited to try all of these. I might have to check with the better half to find out which recipe we're making tonight. <laughs> it'll be one of those. And if it's not tonight, it'll be tomorrow. There you go. Because they all sound good. There you go. They are. All of these, uh, well, not these recipes, but they're all in the cookbook, which Heather's going to post the link for in the show notes. So if you haven't purchased your copy yet, get your copy. So walk you through where to get it. Well, actually, you get it right from the ginshop.ca, yeah. right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the ginshop.ca where you can get the cookbook and all kinds of other neat things too, but the cookbook and get a couple, get a couple of them or get one and then try a recipe and then get another couple of them. So you can give them away as gifts too. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Carl, for being here. Oh, thanks. It was fun. Let's do this again and just keep talking about food and gin. I'm pretty sure we could talk about food and gin for days and days and days. Let's do it again. Then. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and there you have it. All you want to know about cooking with gin and beef and pork and lamb and all the yummy recipes that are in Ginspired, the ultimate gin cookbook. Thank you for being here. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to the cookbook and the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. And remember, until next time, let the cooking be gin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, drop us a note, heather at theginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin. <laughs>